You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Cheap ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker, among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. guys welcome to another edition of unplugged right here i am jj sexay mr money on the mic having issues with my computer once again who knew again guys welcome to another edition of unplugged uh very interesting episode of nxt no eliminations tonight which i guess is a good thing for certain uh nxt rookies but uh a very auspicious start to the show as we had matt striker bring out Obviously, the pros, he brought out the rookies. Uh, and, of course, we had the Talk the Talk Challenge this week, which is always a, a favorite of mine here on uh, here on this particular show. So, with that said, we're going to jump really right into... I have a clip. I'm going to segment this out, break it up, and we'll kind of... Uh, I'll, I'll get you know comments from you guys in the chat, and, of course, I'll, I'll give you my own unbiased opinion of what I think uh, is going on with this particular show. But let me uh, let me get things set up for you here. Uh, I've got the audio clip. Matt Stryker is in the ring, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is what he has to say. Now there are seven rookies remaining, all with a dream to become the WWE's next breakout star. And the winner of this competition will earn a championship match live on pay-per-view. As we learned last week with the NXT poll, it is very important what you, the WWE Universe, think of our rookies. But that's only half the story. Before we get started, I'd like to get some insight from the pros panel. 50% of the vote belongs to the Universe and 50% of the vote belongs to the pros. Zack Ryder, what were your thoughts on how the NXT poll came down last week? I, I just don't get it. I mean, who voted Titus as last? Was it you? Did you people vote Titus as last? Bro, are you serious? Titus O'Neil had it all. 
He had Mises Pro, he had the dog bark, and he had all the potential in the world. Titus O'Neil was robbed, and you all know it. Thank you, Zack Ryder. John Morrison. What would you have done different with the pros poll? First of all, I think it's really cool that the WWE Universe gets to have some input into who they want to see be the biggest star to come out of NXT Season 2. I do agree with Zach, though. I don't think Titus should have been voted off. If, if it was up to me, I think I would have voted off The Miz. Thank you, John Morrison. It's not right. It is now time to meet the seven rookies whose fate lie in the hands of the universe and the pro. The competition is really starting to get to all of you. You know where you stand in the eyes of the WWE Universe as well as the WWE pros. Husky Harris, with Titus O'Neil being eliminated last week, a lot of people say that the heat is on you to avoid being eliminated next. What does Husky Harris need to do to stay in this competition? You, of all people, Matt Striker, should know how dangerous I am. Tell me, do you think I'm seven? Do you think I'm seven? Is there anything that you could do about it? Is there anything that any of them could do about it? I don't think so. Yeah, they could vote you off. The universe, that is. Alex Riley. Before we get to Alex Riley, is it just me, or did he sound like he was completely blown up just walking to the ring? Cutting the promo, Husky Harris sounds like he literally blew up getting into the ring so he could talk smack to Matt Stryker. Just putting it out there, just an opinion. What do you guys think? Last week I noticed a stunned look on your face when we saw the NXT poll. I'm only assuming that you thought you should have been ranked higher. What are your thoughts? You know, Matt, the votes are in, the rankings have been established, and Alex Riley is number four. What is this, some kind of joke? I thought you people were looking for champions. My boss, Vince McMahon, a guy that I have a lot of respect for, gives you the opportunity to choose the future of his company. And what do you do? You put it in the hands of a guy who isn't tall enough to ride the bumper cars at Six Flags. How is Vince his boss? He's not even on the contract as a WWE superstar. I'm not finished. I'm not. Caval. You had a very impressive showing in the NXT poll. And a lot of people say it was a fluke. Answer your critics. Alex Riley, if you think that was a fluke, why don't you listen to all the members of the WWE Universe? Gentlemen, as we know, it takes extreme physicality to be a WWE superstar. But it also takes charisma. It takes a mentality to verbalize what you're feeling. And most importantly, you have to connect with the WWE Universe. You've walked the walk with the keg carry challenge. Lucky Cannon, you won that last week. You were immune from elimination. You've walked the walk. Now it's time to talk the talk with something called... The Talk the Talk Challenge. Now, hold on a second. They talk about Lucky Cannon winning the, uh, uh, what is it they call it? The opportunity not to be eliminated. He wins basically, uh, 
or he can't get voted off. He wins the immunity, okay? Now, wouldn't it have been better if, say, a guy like Husky Harris won that, considering that he was close to the bottom, or even have Titus O'Neill or, you know, the guy that was dead last win that? Because are we going to have this same challenge every time out where the person that wins the immunity is sitting high enough up where he's not going to be eliminated, and it's just a useless little... Um, caveat that they throw into this whole competition i mean i would have much rather seen husky harris or even titus o'neill have gotten immunity last week but lucky cannon who was what sitting at number four number five yeah no danger of getting eliminated so to me it's just absolutely insane but uh moving on each rookie will be given a topic you will have 10 seconds to think and 30 seconds to speak guys i encourage you be creative, be original, do what you have to do to stand out from the pack, but most importantly, connect with the audience. Because tonight, your judges are the live crowd right here in Atlanta! Okay, Percy Watson, please come to the podium, take the microphone. Percy, your topic is... Before that, let me just add a little something to this. Whomever wins the Talk the Talk Challenge will have a great opportunity next week to show their true personality because the winner of the challenge tonight will get to host their very own talk show next week right here on NXT. Okay, Percy Watson, your topic... Before we go any further, I think they must have been listening to Wrestling News Live last night when myself and the Trey Dog and half the chat brought up all the uh, classic (laughs) wrestling talk shows they've ever had from the funeral parlor to the barbershop, you know, to the Heartbreak Hotel, the Snake Pit, Piper's Pit, and now NXT, the winner of, of this challenge tonight, is going to have their own talk show segment Next week on NXT. Wow. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen there, ladies and gentlemen. Glasses. You have 10 seconds to think about it. <laughs> Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> 30 seconds begins now. Go. Well, look here. I want to talk about not just glasses in general, but these glasses I'm wearing right now, baby. You know what I'm saying? I wear these glasses because like, I feel like you have to have the vision to know where you're going. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to see what you want out of life. Is that not correct? You got to be able to know how to go get it. You know what I'm saying? So I put these on so I can have the vision, baby. Just like all y'all in WWE Universe. Hey, are y'all ready for the showtime, baby? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. Yeah, baby. Hey, look here. I got two words for you, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, remember what you thought about Percy Watson, because we're coming back to you. Caval, please step to the podium. Caval, your topic is chicken. Think about it. 30 seconds begins now. Go. My subject is chicken, something that just cannot exist here in the WWE. I may be the smallest competitor, but I have the biggest heart. I am in no relation to the subject at hand. I am not a chicken because I know it's, I can't succeed without you, the WWE Universe. 
And together, we will ride all the way to the end to become the winner of NXT Season 2. Now see, if it had been me and somebody had mentioned chicken, I'd have to look at either Mark the Shark DiCarlo or I'd have to look at Internet Dave and tell one of those motherfuckers to get their ass off the couch and go make J.J. Sexay a chicken sandwich. Booyah. I would say it was a little patronizing, but let's not let's not discount that. Please step aside. Big Eli Cottonwood. <laughs> Eli, your topic is mustache. You have ten seconds. Ready, go. What is a mustache? <laughs> It's a little bit of hair growing over the upper lip. I don't have one. Nobody else here has one. But you know what? A mustache is for a real man. See, of all these people here, I have the best mustache of them all. I thought give me a couple more days, I'll have a nice, thick mustache. But none of these boys right here okay, will ever have you, one. Eli. Thought he said he didn't have a mustache. Michael McGillicuddy approached the podium. <laughs> Michael, you have 10 seconds to think about the top. Now, hold on a second. Eli Cottonwood gets mustache? Mustache? Really? Because when I think of Eli Cottonwood, I think of a guy in the Appalachian Mountains that's pumping my gas. And thank God I might not have a mustache because he'd probably tell me something like, hey, boy, you sure do got a pretty mouth. But that's just me. Think of breath and 30 seconds to tell the world. Ready? Go. You know, everybody knows my background, where I come from. It was shown at the very beginning of NXT. I'm the grandson of a legend. I'm the son of a WWE Hall of Famer. My name is Michael McGillicuddy. And by the end of NXT, I'm gonna take your breath away. Huh. Not bad. Hi, right. right, Michael McGillicuddy. Husky Harris, approach the podium. Okay. Your topic is doorknob. Ten seconds to think about it. Thirty seconds begins right now. Doorknob. Well. I use the doorknob to get in here, huh? Like Mr. McGillicuddy here, my father was also a professional wrestler. And here I am, on the grandest stage of them all, and you people voted me seventh. Well, you don't deserve to hear me talk, and that's it. Well, that'll win them votes. That was brilliant. Use the doorknob on the way out, too. Yes, exactly. They'll let it hit you in the... The topic was doorknob. Now, see, what would have been perfect for that segment with Husky Harris... Obviously trying to get a little bit of heel heat. He should have said, a doorknob. It's like every one of you's mothers in this audience. Everybody gets a turn. Doorknob. Lucky Cannon, please approach the podium. Lucky, you have ten seconds on the topic of deodorant. Are you ready? Thirty seconds begins. Right now, go! All right, the basic functions of deodorant is easy, right? Keep you from smelling and sweating, all right? That's easy enough. But 
Anyone who's got some bad odor and they stink, they need deodorant. But in turn, stay with me here, in turn, a deodorant has no function without that smelly individual. Stay with me now, stay with me. I'm like that deodorant, and the WWE is like that smelly guy, you see. I need the WWE, and the WWE needs me. And all I want to know is, I'm getting lucky. Who's getting lucky with me? Okay. Please put the mic back. Alex Riley, I'll take your clipboard here. Thanks a lot. Alex, your topic. Wait a second. Did, did he just compare himself to deodorant? And I'm not touching this one. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Moving on. Is pigeon. Excuse me? Pigeon. You have 10 seconds to think about it. 30 seconds begins now. Go. You know, there's a lot of animals out there that I've come in contact with in my life. I'm dealing with a lot of animals right here. He got the subject of chicken. Well, I am the rooster in this hen house. And I am sitting here with nothing but, at first I started with seven dorks. Now, in this competition, when it comes to Alex Riley, it's just six pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. WWE Universe. It is now time to hear your voice. What did you think of Showtime Percy Watson? Okay. Come on. Eli Cottonwood. Michael McGillicuddy. Husky Harris. Lucky Cannon. Or Alex Riley. You know it was good, though. You know it was good. Well, the universe has spoken as they will throughout this entire competition. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Talk to Talk Challenge, Showtime Percy Watson. And I'd say I'm surprised there. He's got the charisma. Charismatic. Showtime Percy Watson. And what this means, Josh, is next week, right here on NXT, Showtime will have his own talk show segment. I've been thinking a little bit about this. Fantastic. So, Percy Watson next week will have his own talk show segment on NXT. I cannot wait. I, you know what? He is super over with the crowd. I'll give him that. He's very charismatic. He's very interesting. Uh, you know, to call him a ladies' man's a bit of a stretch. I really think he's a real man's man. I've said that many times before. Uh, I like Alex Riley. I think this kid's going to do well on this show. I think he's going to stay in the top two. I really do. Top two or three. McGillicuddy had a good promo. I'm still not digging the name, though. Caval tried to do something with chicken. I, you know, the Talk the Talk challenge, I can understand the point, the concept of having this, but to give these guys stupid shit like they've been doing, I mean, last season was really bad. This season wasn't as bad. At least nobody got rainbows or, you know, stupid shit like that. I guess Doorknob could be perceived as being bad, but, you know, I know the show's PG. You could have turned it a different way with Doorknob, but uh, either way, I mean, that's that's pretty much how NXT started out tonight. 
uh, as I open up the book and look at the matches for what happened tonight if my friggin' Skype will, like, start working again. I just updated my Skype today, believe it or not, and it's still wanting to act worse than usual. So uh, the first match, Michael McGillicuddy with Kofi Kingston taking on Showtime Percy Watson, who has MVP in his corner. Uh, a very good back-and-forth match from what I got to check of it. McGillicuddy wins with a sunset flip. Yep, you heard it. A sunset flip, believe it or not. Uh, next on the card, we had Pro versus Rookie. Miz taking on Caval. And Miz actually got the win over Caval in this match. After that, we had uh, a tag team match. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes and Husky Harris uh, beating Mark Henry and Lucky Cannon in a tag team match. The finish came when Cody hit the crossroads on Lucky Cannon. So for a second week in a row, uh, basically Lucky Cannon has been beaten by dashing Cody Rhodes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your NXT for tonight. Not a bad show. If I had to rate it, I'd I'd give it, I'd give it a B, a decent grade. I didn't think it was bad. So, uh, you know, I mean, in a nutshell, that's that's kind of where we're at. I do believe on the phone line, though, I have uh, the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and of course, the SNS Radio Network. I believe uh, Crelly is joining me on the line. Crelly, are you there? I am for now. Let's hope that I don't suffer the same fate as Josh does on Monday nights and get jobbed out. Multiple times, but on the air. Well, you know, I, I literally, before the show even went on the air, I tried to download the newest version of Skype to see if that might be some of the problems we're having. Mm. So it's it seems like it's acting very glitchy right now. So we'll, we'll see how that works. But, uh, yeah, you've already been jobbed out twice. And I guess the new term, and I have to credit Josh Pedra, uh, after reading a fantastic article, uh, The Wrestling Den, of course, on from headlocks to headlines the official recapper of raw for wnl and he basically says it best he credited julian in the chat room with call it the skypian death drop so you have been skypian death dropped twice tonight crelly could we go for a third who knows well in theory i've been dubbed three times a day because this morning i was i was dubbed on wnl so i've been hit by hit by the three amigos of drops so I am the undisputed dropping champion, apparently. Well, not only am I having issues with Skype, but I'm also having issues with the chat room as I keep getting uh, disconnected from chat. I keep having to sign in every every five fucking seconds. I don't know what's going on with this thing. Uh, my chat's still alive, so I can relay messages if you can't read them. Well, I mean, like I but, said, I'm, I'm getting back into the chat. It's just, I for some reason, it signs me out. I don't know why it does that, but it does. So... We are jumping to Skype, and we're also jumping to the exact chat room. Impressive. Yes, yes, it's a double job. I feel like I'm a part of the job <laughs> squad tonight. This is awesome. That that might have to be our, the uh, new fans' name. Like, you know how the WWE has universe. We have the job squad as the fans of the network. Might just have to call the, the chat room for now on the job squad. Yes. But anyway, let's get down to why I'm here. Some wrestling news. Um... Well, you kind of brought up earlier. Are you Ted Turner now? I, I might be. Well, you know, I, I just I remember that conversation that Vince had with Ted Turner years ago, where Ted got on the phone with Vince and said, 
guess what, Vince? I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince said, well, well I'm, I'm in the entertainment business, so have fun with that. Well, the whole wrestling thing, that was when uh, Richard Mann banned the, banned the word wrestling or wrestlers. And he and he referred to Cowboy Bob Orton as a wrestler, which I find quite funny. But wrestling news for today. Well, you kind of brought up earlier about the uh, name changes to uh, Husky Harris and Michael McGigatti. Apparently, quite a few third and second generation wrestlers down in, in HW are, are are quite uh, afraid that if they come up to the, up to the main roster, okay, the wrestlers that had uh, that had a name change is upset with WWE. For changing the name. Sorry, so, I, I had to. I had to take care of something in chat real quick. Sorry, I know it doesn't translate well okay, to, the, to to radio, but uh, you know, Sean, get the fuck out of here. You're supposed to be having a day off. You're suspended, bitch. Go. And Crelly did your job again. Oh my god, this is a fantastic episode. This is going to be train wreck radio at its best, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so Crelly will call back in momentarily. While he's gone, I have some news of my own to kind of bring up. Uh, as I kind of alluded to last night on Wrestling News Live, for those of you not in the know, it seems that Paul Heyman will be writing a Lesnar biography. So that looks like it should be very interesting when that uh, when that does come out. But uh, apparently Lesnar revealed plans of the book during the post-fight press conference on Saturday night following his win against Shane Carwin to unify uh, the UFC championship. So... I honestly, guys, don't think that we're going to see a Paul Heyman. I know that Trey is just so set on Paul Heyman coming in and working for TNA. I really don't think it's going to happen. I, I just call me crazy, but, you know, why would you do that when you've got something great going on with? All right, let's move on to some more news. Uh, it appears WWE will be debuting in China at the Shanghai Expo. Uh, Shanghai today announced that they will present the first ever live event in China on Sunday, August 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Expo Cultural Center. This will be a one and a half hour show. It will be free of charge to Expo attendees. Tickets can be obtained by the Expo Cultural Center from 9.30 a.m. to the day of the event. The arena will hold 8,000 people and tickets are obviously on a first come first serve basis. WWE is honored that the Chinese government and the Expo 2010 have offered this rare and historic opportunity to perform at the successful Shanghai World Expo, says WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. We are thankful to be allowed to entertain the attendees and our fans in the region at Expo 2010 Shanghai. Uh, WWE opened an office in Shanghai in 2007, introducing its unique brand of sports entertainment content to China and has steadily grown in awareness and popularity. And this will be the first opportunity for Chinese fans to sample the live event part of the WWE experience. So that's that's very cool. Branching out to China. Now they need to actually get some Chinese wrestlers in the WWE to give the Chinese wrestling fans a reason to want to watch the product. Is it just me, Crelly, or am I alone in that sentiment, or do you agree? Yeah, it would help if they had some Chinese wrestlers just uh, like they, they, they don't have to be big stars in the company, just like Kind of like it's kind of the reason that, that uh, WWE has uh, uh, Yuji Tatsu uh, because he is big in Japan. So to have some messages from that would would help. Just like when, just like Way Barrett in England, it help always helps to have, have a homegrown talent on the card. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong. Have they ever had a Chinese talent in the World Wrestling oh. Federation? I mean, you can't say Fuji; he's Japanese. I definitely have. 
I'm not sure they actually have... Great, great Khali is Indian. No, I don't think they, they actually have. Tatanka? Taka was yeah. Japanese. Yeah, I'm not sure they have any... Fanuki was Japanese. Yeah, those those guys are all Japanese. So, even yeah, even they even might uh, have to go over there. Even Shinzi Senzaki, who was Hayabusa, no, uh, Hakushi, excuse me. Hakushi was Japanese as well. I was thinking if they had like a Chinese monk, but that's the closest they ever had to a Chinese monk. So they, so they would have to spend quite a bit of time over there to, to try and find a, a good enough talent to that can perform on a worldwide stage, but. If if they can find someone like that, it would help them in that aspect of business. No, true. I mean, if you're if you're going to branch out into China, then yeah, I mean, you should actively try and get a, a Chinese superstar. I think Shark said it best in the chat. Uh, Yao Ming versus the Great Khali that that would put asses in seats in China. Well, if uh, whenever whenever the Great Khali goes like over there, he gets mobbed. If you remember a few months ago, he caught a riot cause he, because he no showed. An event. So, uh, if if they can get one or two guys from that from that continent, it'd be great for them business wise. Oh, I think so. I think that's exactly what they need is is their own Chinese superstar. Now, now, granted, when you think of uh, a Chinese superstar in professional wrestling, I'm pretty sure that the it, it would be basically martial arts mixed more than wrestling. You know, lots of kicks, lots of uh, crazy shit. So, I mean, maybe that's why we don't see a lot of Chinese based professional wrestlers these days yeah they would have this the similar style to uh to to jerry and he had to factor back in the day so <coughs> i think from a business standpoint and from a viewing standpoint it'd be quite interesting to see that kind of wrestling in the WWE. it would and especially like i said it would it would help out immensely uh you know when you do go to china but uh you know wwe superstars are revered all over the world so I'm sure that in China they'll get just as good a response as they will anybody anywhere else. But uh, what else do you have as far as uh, news making the rounds today? Okay, well, I'm not sure how far I got before I got uh, dropped out, but third and second generation superstars in SCW are quite worried about if they go up to the main roster that they will have their name changed. Apparently at least one family of either Hushy Harris or, or, or Michael McGillicuddy is upset that they're Sons has had their name changed, so and I'm pretty sure we 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 discussed this before about name changes. They're not always fantastic. Sometimes it is good just to leave them with the name, but you do want the wrestlers to create their own identity. And, and I mean that's understandable. Uh, you know, it's okay to give somebody their own identity, but when you have a wrestling rich family, you know, uh, thank God they didn't really change the name of. Uh, of Harry Smith around that much, you know, David Hart Smith, you know, DH Smith works, you know, it's still, it's still paying homage to the Hart family and to his father, the British bulldog. Uh, at the same time, when you take a guy like Joe Henning and put Michael McGillicuddy, which has absolutely nothing to do with either his grandfather, Larry, the ax Hennig or his father, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig, it just, you know, it baffles my mind. You know, I when I look at Michael McGillicuddy, I see Mr. Perfect. I mean, he's dead on in the face, looks just like his dad. Obviously, he's a little he's a little more uh, toned up than his dad was. I mean, his dad had a had a blocky build. He wasn't fat. He was thick. 
and he had the wrestler's body. I mean, you look at guys like Michael McGillicuddy and, and Ted DiBiase, and, and they look so much better in, in this day and age than their fathers did when they were that age because, you know, they, they've got the, uh, the definition and the abs. You know, they're leaned out. And I just I don't understand the name change to McGillicuddy. Husky Harris, it almost kind of fits his gimmick. But, you know, wouldn't Rotund have worked better, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure with uh with with, with the Homer's Perfect Sons, I'm pretty sure if he doesn't win NXT, he'll do kind of a Daniel Bryan promo and say, "I this this is not who I am. I'm really the Homer's Perfect," and go go across that kind of uh, idea, kind of like how they've done with uh, Ted Dibi- Ted Dibiase, uh, Jr. He right now is just copying his father's idea, and I don't think you I don't think you have too many people doing gimmicks from the past at the same time because you you know that you that you get quite a few people complaining that WWE can't come up with with uh, creative ideas yeah, I'm just looking in the chat and somebody said something about D.H. Smith wouldn't it be interesting if they would have given him the name like Michael or, or Robert Redcorn or something you know I mean don't put it past the WWE let's hope there's not a name change in mind for the Hart family down the, down the road now I've D.H. Uh, D. Smith they like I remember when he debuted, they had like some big like uh, like press release on W dot com because he made his debut here in England on Heat, and they had like his like debut match against Carlito all over W dot com. So I, I doubt that that they, that they will change his name, considering he is now part tag team champion. No, be that, very pointless. I I agree. I mean, it, it would be uh, it would be pointless, but. Uh... One man X in the chat, just hating on D.H. Smith. You know, whatever. To each his own. You guys all have your opinion. I've seen him work much better than what he does in the WWE, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Right, what else do we have? Um, last week we on the Headlocks we had a story about uh, chops being banned in WWE. Apparently, the, the chops have been banned for quite a long time, a few years actually, with only Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair being able to use them. So it's not just since Ric Flair's gone to TNA that's been banned. And apparently at house shows, they now have signs saying no chops in the in the grid position. So chops are now apparently forbidden, or have been forbidden for the last few years. Well, you know, I caught just a little bit of SmackDown this past week, and if you go back to the match with uh, with Kofi Kingston, there there was a point where he looked like he was going for a knife-edge chop, and then he changed it up and went to a uh, a throat chop. Mm-hmm. basically and, uh, and it, you know what it's confusing i i think banning chops i mean you know and josh had a great article talking about this talking about you know the, the bands in the past they've had like the pile driver self-explanatory because of the pile driver stone cold steve austin uh you know thanks to owen hart and his botched uh square pile driver which is basically a variation of the tombstone you know Messed, compressed his neck, gave him a stinger, and created bone spurs that basically, you know, uh, caused him all kinds of neck problems. And it really shortened Steve Austin's career to the point where, you know, he was almost paralyzed at one point, you know, if he would have kept wrestling. So that one I understand. But chops? Really? I mean, Ric Flair, yes. He uses chops. That's one of his trademark moves. But chops have been around since the dawn of professional wrestling, okay? Chops have been around since when Caveman used to wrestle, okay? Caveman invented the chop, you know? Uh, To take chops away 
from professional wrestlers in the mainstream in the WWE is crazy. You go to any independent, I, especially the ones that I've been associated with, and it's always about, you know, chopping people just for fun. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. You know, you're going to take away the most recognizable move in professional wrestling because Ric Flair made it famous. I mean, that that's yeah. a hell of a way to show Vin, that's a hell of a way to show your competition, Vince, that you're bothered by the fact that Ric Flair works for TNA. I mean, are, are you yeah. that worried that the product is going to beat yours? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, try and get rid of a bit of chops, just get rid of the woo, doesn't really work. Just, okay, when I went to tapings here in England, whenever they dim the lights to, like, to do like a segment on, on Tron Tron, you got woos. Outside the arena, you get woos. You cannot get rid of the woos. The woos are part of wrestling. And yes, of course, when you get a chop, you get a woo. But I'm pretty sure just because someone hears a woo, they won't go on Google and search where the hell's Ric Flair. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure anyone would be that depressed just because they can't see a chop and go Google TNA. Getting rid of that is kind of tired. I I have to admit. I almost feel like I, I should go put together a parody commercial using the slap chop guy doing the doing chops or something. I don't know that that, that could be interesting if I put that together the the correct way. But to get rid of, uh, I don't know. I digress. I don't know what they're thinking here. If chops have been banned for a while, we certainly saw Flair and Shawn Michaels use them quite a bit. I just I think it's it's a waste when you're in a match, and I know that they're really focusing on the entertainment aspect. And it's about comedy spots and everything now. But it just takes away when you're you're given a basic move that has been used and utilized for years and years. And you just take it away because someone who used to work for you, who you wanted to control, went to another company, and people recognize when you do a job out of respect to a guy like Ric Flair. I... I don't agree with what Flair has done, but I think it's ridiculous. Even for the WWE, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think there's a WWE going, you know, you kind of screwed us over. You, we gave you this massive send-off and you go to our, our, our uh, enemy or our uh, rivals. We're going to try and screw you over and try and get rid of the, the woos from our company. Not going to happen. Just go to any show. Like, like you said, any indie show, you get woos, woos, and it doesn't matter because you won't stop them. Woos, the woos will be around long after Ric Flair has gone. Woos is now part of wrestling. Do you know that when you play the SmackDown versus Raw video game franchise, that when you hit a chop on somebody, not only does their chest get red, but the crowd will chant, Woo! So I guess that's going to be taken out of next year's model. Oh, if they if they if they implement everything that's changed literally, that means next year on SVR. When when time gets cut open, the, uh, the the match will stop, and they have medics rush the ring, and and uh, glue them shut. Chops, chops will be banned. You won't be able to do headshots. It'll be a quite interesting game. They will probably Especially, they will probably ban the uh, the use of ties and create a wrestler. So if your your character wears a tie, they'll probably make it to where there is no option to have a tie where you can walk down to the ring and wear a tie. Or may or maybe it it be used in a storyline mode to to, uh, to get rid of your guy. Your your guy decides to choke out the ring announcer. Yeah, now see, and that ends just one. That's an idea. That's an idea. SmackDown 2011. 
your character has uh, your character goes and chokes the ring announcer with a tie, and you're, you're banned from ever making that same character again. It will not recognize anything that you put on this character. He is banned from the game from now on. Oh yeah, I like that. That's awesome. And then, and then that, and then that, and then that character will only be able to be used in a game that is now based on indie scenes. Yes. Yes. And, hey, this here, well, this here, what, what, what you call uh, flipping, to give, giving people ideas. We here on Unplugged and, and the SNS Network just spew ideas, and if if they happen, well, we we demand royalties. No, I, I absolutely do. Uh, Hollywood says it should be an achievement in the game. Josh Pedra <laughs> says that each time the uh, uh, CAW's name comes up on dialogue, it's blurred out. That's perfect. That's awesome. Smackdown. Josh says SmackDown versus Raw, 2012. No chops, no ties, no blood. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Wow, that that game will be interesting. Yeah, let's. No let's you know what? <laughs> if that happens, I might have to go start playing Impact again. Okay, imagine it's a no blood, and they put in the first blood match. That'd be fantastic. You'll be there for hours. <laughs> still chair. Nothing's happening. <laughs> oh, let me see. I think I actually have uh, something else I wanted to bring up. Uh, Divas pose for Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Have you heard about this? No. Apparently, Muscle and Fitness Magazine has uploaded an exclusive photo gallery of the Divas titled Sirens of SmackDown 2. The 10 photos shot for the website feature Eve, Tor- Eve Torres, Maurice, Michelle McTaker, in steamy outfits, and you can't even call them outfits. So that looks like it could be interesting to check out. But uh, yeah, Diva, Diva's posing for Muscle and Fitness magazine. Yay. And, and speaking of the THQ, they've apparently launched a new WWE subsite, um, which will have all the latest news and multimedia for their two upcoming video games, SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, and WWE All-Stars. The latest version of SmackDown vs. Raw will be released later this year, October 26th, uh, 2010, and the franchise has sold more than 50 million units since the first game came out on PlayStation. Images of John Cena, Randy Orton, and The Miz are being used to market the game so far. Meanwhile, All-Stars is a brand new game featuring WWE legends taking on current superstars in an arcade-style game. The game characters of The Rock and John Cena are the two being used in advertising for the game, and it will be coming out uh, in, I believe, around March of 2011. And for those of you who haven't seen any of the screenshots for WWE All-Stars, it looks like John Cena and The Rock like literally fell in a vat of human growth hormone. <laughs> yeah, they, they do look like they've been Hulk Hogan from, from the 80s. They do look like they've been on the juice a bit too long. Oh, Cena smash! Well, you you see lo, lo, the angle last night on a uh, on Raw. That was them. They they were using that as promotion. Cena kill NXT. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah, I know. For a minute there, I thought he was going to turn into his WWE All Star character. <laughs> Just like, me, Cena up. Yeah, me, what, snap, Black Cena. One man X in the chat actually has a better name for this game. Steroids, the game. Exclusively on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. That would work. 
I believe the uh, the uh, like the kind of like the tagline for SVR 2011 is it, it's your moment, so like that. It's your, it's your moment. So I'm guessing it'd be based around set spots. Well, like I'm big. I'm pretty sure that there won't be. Pretty sure there won't be a scene where you can choke Justin Roberts out with his tie. Just saying. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure someone will make make a hack so you can get Justin Roberts in the ring, and choke him. And I, I must say, if that happens, I will find that, and I will, and I will just spend hours choking out Justin Roberts w- w- with a tie. And I, and then I get future endeavors from from the game. Well, you could actually literally make Justin Roberts and create a wrestler. And then do it, and then do it that way. I, I don't see. That's the problem, though. You can't really, uh, you know. One of the, the features that they were teasing a couple of years ago was that you would be able to actually grab the cloth, the clothing of of your characters that you were wrestling against. I would love to be able to grab somebody by the tie in this game, you know, or you know, grab them by the jacket and actually pull the jacket off, right? I mean, but they haven't allowed that to happen. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think they should have Daniel Bryson as a like on the game as like a DLC, and you have to choke out Roberts to get the trophy to unlock the Brian Danielson. For all we know, he just, could. Just, just like, for all we know, he could be in the game. It depends when they did the roster cut, because I know like a few years ago they had in like Kendrick and London, and they were and they were released before the game, like six months before the game was out, and they didn't change it because. The roster cut, or the the roster was decided six months in advance. Well, I know there was an interview circulating over at GamingRing.com that uh, the crew had done with Brian Williams, and they asked if NXT was going to be implemented in the game, and of course he couldn't comment. So speculate, because you know obviously it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not available, doesn't mean that they are, but you know you can speculate all you'd like. Well, here's here's my final thought. If it, if they have NXT on the game, that would be a great way, wouldn't it, to be involved in in the Cray Wrestler, go through NXT, then go up to the roster, the main roster. Well, see, I I absolutely think so. I mean, you look at back at some of the games like uh, Day of Reckoning, which had a great story mode. All by you know, it was it was a bit you know limited, and it was over fairly quickly. I love the fact when you put together a game and you actually have them go through like. Uh, the developmental territory to get you know a contract up to the main roster. I think that NXT mm-hmm. thing is perfect for a season mode for a created character. Uh, you know, I hope that they do implement that. That would be a very, very good idea on their part if it is. But we'll definitely see come this October uh, what they've decided to put in. And I'm really looking forward to this game with all the physics that they have going into uh, you know the weapons, the ladders, the tables. I think this game is going to be fun. Yeah, I've I've seen quite a few uh, uh, like in-game shots of it, so to be fun put, putting through putting people through multiple tables, and when it's in and when it's used for the E-Fed, chucking quite a few people through the tables and winning quite a few world titles. No, I think that's going to be cool. And uh, I think I will jump off the line, and I'll allow you to go into the gaming section of Unplugged. Yes, yes, solo as as I will do. But uh, thank you for coming on and breaking down some news with me. Uh, of course, Chris Kelly from headlockstoheadlines.com, dot com, the official news source of the SNS Radio Network. And as always, Crelly, I I value your input. So thank you so much, sir, for stopping by. And uh, I will talk to you 
again very soon, man. Have a good night. Uh, as Crelly has left the program, guys, I am going to take a quick commercial break. Come back. We'll discuss a little bit of video game news. I'll open up the phone lines. You guys can call in, and basically we'll talk about NXT. We'll talk whatever you guys want to talk about. I really don't have a a lot you know, planned for the show tonight, seeing as how I suspended my co-host for the week. So uh, with that said, I'll be right back with more Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Catch me rolling through the cosmos in the moonlight stations A layer's home nation Death Star Brexit Now Princess knows Vader ain't the one to mess with Flying through the trenches Blasting rebel newbies What happened to the fat one? Think he died of heart disease All that's left is this guy Chasing him in my time I won't deny that his force is pretty damn high Damn, I just got wiped out Falcon shot the back of me Spinning in the outer space But I'll be back definitely Eliminate you quick, yo Welcome to the planet hop 8080s hit the spot Walking takes are too legit But they fall down a lot Check the front, check the back Can't find the Falcon yet We need them all alive So no disintegrations for a fact Eight million asteroids Where your little ship go Give me to Cloud City I got Lando on payroll Me, I got a double check If carbonite's okay If reason's safe for Han Doing Luke the same way New deal, Lando Ain't no pardon Kid blew up my boys Rest in peace, Moth talking Turns out we're family Embrace your dark fate Dad and son together, yo No way the Emperor's safe Come
smiling Cause he knew it would come to this The light side is blind with Casualties who do evil casually Then gradually become worse Don't fight your destiny Wasn't a great dad true Absent all the while No happy times behind us And plus now I'm killing you Keep fencing mister Cause now since a sister You don't go bad Maybe I'll enlist Now Emperor wants you Only wants me rubbed out You control your anger Stay light side devout Watch out kitty's got lightning bolts to emulate uh-uh, hell no, daddy powers activate And it's prone with a badass murder-suicide Ball-headed, mask off, heart melts and get you right Burn all my gear so those E-Wax can't wear it again Do it, I'll be watching you a ghost name Anakin TNA World Heavyweight Champion on Sunday, July 11th. Which TNA Wrestling Heavyweight Contender will walk the victory road? It's a white knuckle, full throttle, red line race to the championship. Who will earn their shot at RVD in the gold? TNA Wrestling presents Victory Road live Sunday, July 11th, only on pay per view. Guys, we're back right here on Unplugged, the SNS Radio Network. And if uh, the Trey Dog is known as the grandfather of Internet Wrestling Radio, then I guess that would have to make me uh, the godfather, quite frankly, of uh, Internet Wrestling Radio, as I am being joined by uh, the webmaster here for SundayNightShowdown.com. Uh, he's joining me to talk a little bit about uh, video games and video game news. He's also... Uh, recently gotten hired with um, Cause.ws. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, the one, the only, Charles Shane. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good, man. How are how are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, everything's going good. Uh, playing a lot of games. I actually just came off a freaking binge of Gears of War, playing that for like four days straight so I can get my 100 rank. Yeah, I, I noticed you you posted on Facebook that you finally got the 100 rank uh, and actually finished all your achievements, right? Yeah, that was the last achievement that I needed was the 100 rank. Man, that took forever. It well, really felt like forever. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Gears of War 2. I, I used to have Gears of War 1. I haven't checked that one out yet, but it's on my list of ones to pick up when I find a reasonably priced copy. Yeah, it's a great game. I really enjoy it. Ever since the first one, it just 
the uniqueness of the game, it, when I pick it up, it doesn't feel like every other shooter where, you know, like Call of Duties and the Battlefields and stuff, they all have their own little spin on things, but when you're playing Gears, I mean, the way they do their whole cover system and the way they do, the way the characters run, you can't shoot while you're running, just the way they actually lay everything out, I really like the diversity and the, uh, the difference that it has compared to all the other shooters out there. Well, it, it does seem like there's a lot. I mean, when you look at whether it's PS3, whether it's uh, Xbox 360, there's a lot of shooters out there these days. A lot. Yeah, and it seems like now, ever since the success of Modern Warfare 2, everybody wants to jump on that Modern War type uh, game, and that's why EA is now coming out with Medal of Honor, where it's all modern and stuff like that. Everybody's wanting to jump on that bandwagon now and try to cash in on what uh, Infinity Ward and Activision did. Which those two will never do it again. We all know that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. No, I. Yeah, it I, looks like Treyarch and Infinity War got a great game, man. I was surprised. Black Ops looks freaking amazing. Yeah, you know what? I've seen the commercial. I, I like what I've seen of the trailer so far. Uh, just the fact that you know it, it's obviously time based. You know, uh, and Black Ops is is a perfect name for it because you know. There's there's just so much that you can add to that. I just want to see how they're going to string all these together under one umbrella. Yeah, it'd be nice to see how it all plays out. And now, I mean, that the guys from Infinity Ward are over with EA, that whole partnership type thing, and they're going to be making their own game over there. Who knows what they're going to come out with for a shooter? And Bungie's got their next project they're working on with Activision. I mean, who knows? There's so many freaking shooters now, and you can just all the deals that are signed already, there's going to be so many more in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as news, I don't have a lot. I did breeze earlier today and noticed that, you know, they were talking about, I know IGN was talking about this rather extensively, uh, the fact that Hulu was coming to, obviously, PS3, and there was some discrepancies as to whether you would have to be a PSN subscriber, of the PlayStation Plus, yeah. to have the Hulu, and it's looking like that's not going to be the case. Yeah, so far it looks like that's going to be the only one as of now that is not going to you know, actually make you do that. Because Xbox Live, everybody knows usually when they add a feature, that is under the Xbox Live umbrella of gold. Meaning if you're not gold, you can't use that stuff. Like if you're, if you're not a gold member, you, even though you pay Netflix a subscription fee, if you want to use Netflix on your Xbox, you have to be a gold member. Otherwise, you can't do that. The same thing with their Netflix on there, their Facebook, their Twitter, Last.fm. PlayStation saying right now Hulu is doing their activation process right now. Pretty much you can't get in and use Hulu Plus on like an iPad, an iPhone, an iPod Touch, a PS3. You can't use it on any of them devices unless you get a code sent to you by email saying, that, okay, you're in the preview program, you can try this out. But if you get in the preview program and you have to be PlayStation Plus, to actually use it on your PlayStation 3. Now, once Hulu is done with the preview program and it's out there for anybody to use, PlayStation is going to lift that where you have to be a PlayStation Plus. So once Hulu officially makes it official, then everybody will be able to use it on PlayStation 3. But right now, while they're just doing the uh, pretty much the low-key thing of sending people codes, you have to be a PlayStation Plus member to use it. Well, that's cool. And I know Xbox is, what, getting it next year? I think PlayStation is getting it when? Yeah, I was really – PlayStation's supposed to be getting it in July, like this month. They're getting it this month, any time this month. I don't, I don't have the specific day. Uh, but, yeah, I was really surprised that 
Microsoft, when Hulu announced that, put out their own little thing saying that they're going to have it in early 2011, which I thought it would be a part of their fall update that they're doing for the, the you know, Connect. They're doing all kinds of updates for that. But that update is also going to bring uh, new features for Netflix, a feature that a lot of people have been waiting for on that, where you can actually browse categories and you can browse pretty much everything like you on the website and actually add anything you want through the Xbox 360, so pretty much you won't have to use Netflix's website anymore. You can just do it all through your Xbox or stuff like that. And I was really surprised Hulu is not going to be involved in all that. They're going to wait all the way until next year to do it. And if they're waiting until next year, Microsoft usually only updates their console twice a year with these updates. So you're probably not going to see that until spring. So that would be like an April-May time frame for that to actually happen. So that's almost a freaking year away. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that, that does seem a bit much. Uh, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. I don't even use Hulu right now on the uh, on the PC. I, I haven't really had the urge to check it out. But uh, is there any pluses to using Hulu? Well, the thing is, when uh, I mean, if you're a huge TV watcher, this will probably be something for you. Okay. Uh, especially if you're a person that's always out on the go and you own possibly Apple devices like an iPhone, an iPod Touch, or an iPad, this would be a big thing for you to use because they're bringing the support to the 360, the PS3, but they're also bringing it to all the Apple mobile devices and other mobile devices out there as well. I believe they're bringing a version of it an Android. Yeah, it's on Android already for Google Android phones. And this would be cool for you to use. I mean, the only thing, that, like the downfalls I see of it is right now if you go on Hulu and you can watch everything there, you can pretty much watch for free. They got some movies on there and stuff. Their movie selection is really not that great. Uh, but they have all the TV shows you would expect to see. But when you're getting the stuff for free and you're not part of the plus, you're only getting, like, for each show, they only have, like, the last five or six episodes. And then as they add more episodes, they take more episodes off. But if you're a Plus member, they're going to have the whole back catalog of past seasons on there for you to watch. So you can go in there and you can see, like, maybe, like, Law & Order or something. They'll have all the seasons instead of just the last five or six recent episodes. And they'll have stuff like that on there. But the problem I have with it is usually when you pay a fee for something, that's it. You're done. You pay a fee. You watch the content you want to watch. That's not how it works with this. You pay the $9.95 or $9.99 a month, and they're still – a pretty decent amount of ads inside your movies and TV shows that you're watching. So you're still going to see commercials and stuff inside your shows. I believe it's like three to five commercials per show that you watch, which is kind of crazy when you're paying 10 bucks. So pretty much you're still getting the same Hulu with more shows, but you're paying the nine ninety nine a month to be able to watch it on different devices. Right. Because you can go on their website right now and watch that stuff for free. So you're going to pay the fee to get the back catalog and be able to watch it if you want to watch it on your PS3, your Xbox, or your mobile device. That's pretty much what you're paying the 999 for. Because otherwise, you go on the website and watch the stuff for free. Okay. So, I mean, usually when I pay a fee for something, I don't want any ads. I mean, I hate, uh, that's why I love my DVR so much. I'm not a big TV watcher as it is, but I love my DVR because I can not watch ads. And there's times that when I was live, if it's not a big deal to me, I will actually wait and then be able to fast forward through the commercials. But, yeah, to pay money, anti ads, kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of bullshit. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, just a reminder for those of you who are uh, <laughs> big Halo fans, big fans of Bungie, tomorrow is July 7th, and, well, that's usually considered Bungie Day. They love their 7, man. 
They do. And what was it last year? They actually had something. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was offhand. Uh, something about Bungie versus the world, where yeah. the the studio. I, mean, I love when they do stuff like this. I mean, usually, I'm hoping they do it again. Usually, so people be on the lookout tomorrow. Usually, they give out like free themes. They usually have like free stuff to give out on the 360 content wise like that. I mean, it's usually nothing huge. Like you can see some crazy friggin' map pack or anything from free or not like that. But they usually give out free themes and gamer pictures and stuff like that. And you'll see all kinds of different things. I'll be checking their website at Bungie.net tomorrow because you're going to see all probably some video content and screens and all different stuff from them tomorrow. You know, I was wondering about that because, you know, now that Bungie is not officially with Microsoft anymore, if it was going to be a, a big deal as it has been in the past. That's true because they're not with Microsoft. So, I mean, it, for all we know, it could be an even bigger deal tomorrow because this could be something where not only do you see, like, crazy stuff going on their website and going on on Xbox Live, you might see some bungee stuff pop up on the PlayStation Network or even the Wii. I mean, who knows? I mean, they can do whatever they want now on any console. That's right. They got their independence. It's their Independence Day, basically. They said they're, I mean, they, they said they're interested in, uh, I believe they made comments that they're, like, interested in uh, mobile devices as well. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see stuff coming out of Bungie that they'll jump on that, bandwagon that everybody else is on and making games for iPad, iPhone, all them uh, higher-tech uh, mobile devices where you can actually put some pretty awesome games on there. So Bungie's looking to get in that market as well. So, yeah, you, you know, you can see all kinds of stuff from them tomorrow. Free stuff, you know, themes, whatever, popping up on PlayStation Network. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out first thing in the morning to see what they have to offer. Uh, for those of you aware of what came out today, one of the big releases, Crackdown 2, which looks interesting. Have you played it? I've messed around with the uh, the demo that's on the marketplace. Uh, pretty much, if you played uh, Crackdown Two, it's it's that just totally blown out. I mean, taking all the good stuff that was Crackdown and uh, giving you a lot more of it, which is cool. Because I mean, the game is all about like blowing things up and uh, having a good time with people that you're playing co-op with. So if you like playing co-op games, this is a good, really good co-op game that you and some friends can get in there and have a good time. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the first one. I, I had it when it first came out, and uh, I remember going back and playing it, and it was I, I love the sandbox games. That's why I like the Grand Theft Auto series. That's why I love Red Dead Redemption. And, you know, the fact that you were – I just – I love some of the mechanics of the first game where you were able to build your strength up and your, your jumping, where you could jump over buildings and you could throw cars and stuff at people. I just – I had so much fun playing that game. Yeah, I, I really had a lot of fun playing it because, I mean, people were used to the Grand Theft Autos and stuff like that since Grand Theft Auto 3 with the open world sandbox play where you can go anywhere in the world and do whatever you want, blow things up and, you know, whatever. And then it ties in with multiplayer and stuff like that and go with your friends. But what made Crackdown unique is they went vertical with it. And you could climb up buildings and get real high up there and then just leap off of stuff. And, I mean, they just went crazy with it. And then, yeah, you started to see that stuff. A little bit like Grand Theft Auto 4, but to get up there and things like that, you really had to like climb up a helicopter, get up in a helicopter and jump on and things like that. But Crackdown really took that vertical gameplay in that sandbox and uh, pretty much they had a lot of good fun with it. Now, in the previews that I've seen for Crackdown 2, it looks like there's, maybe it's just me, but it, we got a city full of zombies now. <laughs> Is that what they're going with with Crackdown? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess, part of that zombie. Uh, taste that everybody's involved in right now. I mean, that's 
everybody, you know, big, big Resident Evil stuff, yeah, but then Left 4 Dead with the co-op play with zombies and that, and then you got the crazy zombie stuff going, of course, Capcom, Dead, Ri- Dead Rising, uh, oh, I love that game, can't wait until part two comes out. But, yeah, it's a big zombie craze, everybody's throwing zombies in their games now. Wasn't it even Call of Duty added, uh, Call of Duty World of War, they added zombies to the mix, too. Yeah, Nazi zombies, which is uh, kind of like their spin-off version of a uh, horde that was in Gears of War, and then it's like shooter people out there noticed that Epic had a good idea when they made horde, and just waves after waves of enemies, and then Call of Duty has Nazi zombies, and then Halo had firefight mode, and I mean, good, they realized it was a good thing, so they all threw in their own spin and variation on it. Yeah. I'm just looking around to see if there's anything else that really, uh, I don't really see anything else to really discuss as far as the news goes. Um, I, well, I'm if anybody's not... looking to pick up Halo Reach, Newegg actually is selling Halo Reach. You can pre-order it there, and they're selling it for $45. Really? Yeah, Halo Reach that comes out this September is being sold on Newegg right now. You can buy it for $44. Shit, that's pretty good. That's pretty, I, I was actually really, really surprised that they're selling that for $44 right now. And if, if anybody's a Family Feud fan, that's on PlayStation Network today for 10 bucks. Greg Holmes was the best Family Feud host ever. No one else compares. Yeah, too, too bad he killed himself, right? Yeah, you know, what the heck? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I never got that. I mean, Ray Holmes was a funny dude. I mean, you, even, you know, and this kind of, you know, goes back to even when he was involved back in 93, uh, with with World Wrestling Entertainment when he was co-promoting the WWE for the uh, Family Feud at the Survivor Series. I mean, pretty funny guy, but, you know, I don't know what, what troubles he had in his life, but, man, what what a waste. Ray Combs was awesome. It's just crazy, man. You see these people on TV and stuff like that, and, you know, people who just assume that, man, oh, they, they got the show or they got whatever they're doing in their life and they got all this money and everything else. They cure everything, man. And people got a lot of problems behind the scenes just like anybody else, but... I mean, I never understand uh, what drives somebody to kill themselves because I could never see myself ever in my life doing that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, you know, just going back to the host, uh, Josh Peter in the chat says Richard Dawson was the best. Richard Dawson was okay. If if you like somebody, you he know, was all right. He wasn't even worried about hosting the show. He's a freaking womanizer. Well, that's what I mean, I, was... I like picking up women as much as the next guy. But seriously, host the freaking show while you're doing it too. Well, that was the best thing about Richard Dawson is. Yeah, he would go over and like molest your mother on live TV. You know, yeah, that was, that was it. That was that was what people watched him for. Not hosting the show. Who cares what he was hosting? They just liked him to go over there and freaking get away with everything possible without actually getting arrested. <laughs> I know that was kind of crazy. And then you know they had uh, what's his name, uh, the guy that was on Home, Home Improvement, Al, was was yeah. the the host for a while, and that was <laughs> awful. <laughs> I can't, isn't his name like Richard Markand or something or, or Richard uh, what's his name I think you just said Richard Karn Richard Karn yes yes then there was Louis Anderson thank you Mr. Suspended um, yeah I will have to say that uh, Julian in the chat there pointed it out that was what was weird about Dawson was the fact that he kind of weird some people out that he would not kiss women on the cheek he would kiss them straight on the lips and you would see like husbands and fiancés and boyfriends kind of give him a weird look when you do that it's like dude really yeah that was uh that was always awkward to watch that and you know nobody ever did anything about it you know like 
Remember the Jenny Jones episode where the guy like killed the other dude because he had a crush on him? Like I was just waiting for something like that to happen to Richard Dawson. And then of course now we uh, have we have John O'Hurley as the host and I, I I like his voice and I like him doing commercials, but as the host for the family feud, no, nah, that that show has fallen. It's like uh, it's like uh, Price is Right. Drew Carey hosting that. I like Drew Carey and a lot of other stuff. He's a funny guy at times, but it's just it's, I feel awkward watching him host The Price is Right. Like obviously he's not as good as Bob Barker, but still it's just awkward the way that he's just the way he acts on stage around people like strangers and stuff is very very awkward. You know what? When I watch like, the, he, it seems like he's comfortable around people that he knows and has been around a lot. But when he comes in contact with strangers, it's like he gets awkward. I don't know. When I watch The Price Is Right and Drew Carey as the host, I, I just I expect to see uh, Diedrich Bader show up at any any moment as Oswald. You know, drinking Buzz <laughs> <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> that would make the show for me if that happened. Hey, Drew, what are you doing? <laughs> You're on The Price Is Right. <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know. I, you know what? I Bob Barker's still the best. I, I really stopped watching oh, Price Is Right when Bob Barker left. Same here. I remember growing up uh, when I was younger, even as a teenager and stuff, waking up in the morning on the days that I felt like I had to go to school, which was pretty often, uh, and watching The Price Is Right. I, I just remember watching that show as a very young child, back before I was even in, you know, uh, back when I was in grade school. Staying with my grandmother, and I, I remember what the day would consist of. There'd be the soaps. We'd start the day off, of course, with The Price is Right. There'd be Dark Shadows. Then it would be As the World Turns, One Life to Live, General Hospital. And that was my day with my grandmother back in the day. So good old uh, Bob Barker used to be able to get me started on, on my day with my grandparents. How did you drag yourself through the other shows after? Uh, well, usually I tried to go outside and play, or um, oh, you know, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know, or, or tried to burn the house down. You know, something fun, some you know, kid activity. You know, chase animals around the the, the house because they lived out in the country. Yeah, I see people in the chat room talking about like prices of people guessing on the prices right. I, I have to agree. There's some stuff that I've seen people guess a price and they said it was right. So I was like, where do you live that whatever it is, it costs that much or is that cheap? Because if it's that cheap, I want to know where you buy it because I want it from the same place because I'm paying an arm and a leg for it. Well, now, there are places, and I can attest to this, living in Canada for the last four years, things are way more expensive here than they are in the States. Like, oh, I'll agree with that. For, I mean, for example, living uh, when I lived in Arkansas, whether it was Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Going to the grocery store and getting a block of Velveeta cheese would cost you about five bucks, give or take, five, six, somewhere around there. If I walk in the supermarket here, I'm buying Velveeta, the same block, for 10 to $12. So I, I can totally see that argument. <laughs> see, that's, that's, people, people have asked, like, what, would you ever live in another country? Whether it's you know not too far into Canada or whatever or overseas, whatever, and I, I tell them no, and they're like, well, what's the reason behind not living in another country other than you know it wouldn't feel like really like home? I said, well, for the simple fact that 
a lot of the stuff that I'm into, even when it comes to technology, which I do a lot of stuff in that for a living and games and whatnot, most of it comes out in the States first. It's, I mean, nowadays, even with companies that always been big on releasing things over in Japan and stuff for like Nintendo, I mean, even Nintendo stuff and Sony stuff, we get over here first a lot of the times now. And even when it comes to the big technologies and stuff that I'm into and always want to have and, you know, get it as soon as possible, stuff like that that I'm into, you have to wait a long time sometimes outside of the United States. And I don't like waiting for stuff like that because I'm really into it and I follow it and I review it and things like that. And just to be outside of the United States would be a hassle to not have that stuff when it first comes out. I mean, I'm sure anybody's had like a video game or anything that they've been looking forward to or some piece of tech or entertainment or whatever, and they're not inside the United States and they have to wait forever to get it. Like I'm a big fan of uh, certain Apple products. Like I like the iPad and the iPhone and things like that. And like even Canada, like they're they get, they're getting stuff like a month or two after the United States and stuff like that. And when it comes to things like the entertainment wise stuff, I don't like the wait. I hate knowing that. Oh my gosh, I have to wait months to play this, and all these people are over there playing it and everything else. That and if I live somewhere else, it'd be even worse. No, I can I can totally relate, and it looks like Josh Pedra agrees with you. Uh, you know, you know his angst now with anime and Japanese music. Yeah. So. I, I totally agree. Like I, I know a lot, of, quite a few people who live in Canada right now that want to get the iPhone, the iPhone four that came out, and it's supposed to come out sometime this month. And the same thing happened with the iPad; it only launched in the U.S. first. And the way they did, I was actually surprised. The way they did the iPhone was, is it launched in five, like five countries, and one of them was not Canada, which totally blew my mind. Usually, if there's more than just the U.S., Canada is thrown in there with us. I was really surprised that Canada wasn't involved, and I, I know quite a few people there looking to get a phone, and they're still stuck with the old one. Yeah, my wife and I were discussing that. She actually works, uh, and I won't name the, the the company, but she works with one of the major uh, phone companies here in Canada, and so we were kind of choked about that. She recently recently got an iPhone, but not obviously the iPhone four. Yeah, they're awesome phones. I mean, I know there's other competition out there, and I ain't gonna get into a phone battle. I don't understand people getting phone wars, but yeah, I love the phone. I think it's a good phone. I mean, there's things I obviously think could be better on it, and hopefully they improve them in the future. But what it does now for me is pretty awesome. And I think it's, one, it's just like anybody has an iPod Touch, it's fun to have one of those when you're out on the go because, I mean, that's my all-in-one device. I can now play games on it. I can, you know, of course, make phone calls. I didn't do that. What's the point? But... Even if you just have an iPod Touch, I mean, some, a lot of the games that people are putting on that thing are pretty awesome. They're really highly comparable to the PSP and the Nintendo DS and stuff when it comes to quality of games, and they're nowhere near $30. I think the cheapest game, or the most expensive game, is one that's on the iPad, and some of the games are like $14.99, and even those got the prices lowered on them. So, I mean, but if you're getting a game for the iPhone, most of them are $10 and below. And now with the iPhone 4, I mean, that is like really my all-in-one device. I mean, I can do everything I need to do multimedia-wise on it, whether it's watch movies, take pictures. I mean, because it's got to build in an HD camera and video camera now, so I can even take HD footage and upload it straight on off my phone to YouTube and things like that. So that's everything that I need right in one without carrying a whole bunch of bigger, clunkier devices. Now, do you find that you have problems? I know there was a big controversy going around as far as the iPhone, uh, the iPhone 4 was concerned that uh, well, you couldn't hold it a certain way because you couldn't get the reception was messed up because of the bands, like the reception bands? Yeah, the way they did the phone this year is 
they actually incorporated the and one side for like your GPS and your Wi-Fi and whatnot or something like that. The other side for like your antenna and your you know all your cell tower stuff and whatnot. And there is on any phone, what people don't realize is on any phone, there's a chance that if you put your hand where they have the antenna, no matter if the antenna is inside the phone, if you put your hand where they have that antenna, you can block your signal, and you can actually make the bars that show up on your phone screen make the bars go down. Now, what is funny is a lot of people, it seems like they jumped on this bandwagon and are just complaining about it because it's Apple. And I'm sure the same thing would happen if it was an Android phone and people that hate Android phones would jump on a bandwagon if this happened to them or just like they do if anything happens to them. It just looks like people want to complain about something because when they're actually asked, now when you watch them bars go down, when you, it, what it is is it's the left side, it's the bottom left side of the phone where the uh, antenna bar is. And people, I mean, you really have to squeeze your phone. You have to put like a frickin' bulk and death grip on this thing to even make the bars go down. Like I can't even do it on mine. I don't have the problem, which is awesome. But if you hold one of the older phones, the Apple phones, if you find the right spot to hold it, you can make it happen on those. People have found on other AT&T phones, people have found on Android phones. If you hold the phone right, just the right way, you can make the bars go down. But when those people are asked, now, when you're on a phone call, and you hold the phone that way, and you watch the bars on your screen go down, do you drop your call? Do you notice yourself dropping more calls because you're holding that way? And the people are like, no. Then what does it matter if the bars go down? If you're still on the phone and you're still having a great phone call, what does it matter? So it seems to be more of a software issue than it actually is a hardware issue where people are freaking out because they're seeing them bars go down and they really think they're going to, like, have poor cell reception just because of that. And that seems to not really be the case. So Apple is putting out a fix to where the software recognizes better of what the uh, is really going on with the cell tower. Hmm. That's interesting. I just know there was some sort of controversy going on with that, so I found that rather interesting. Uh, you know, with you having an iPhone 4, I was wanting to hear straight up from you. If yeah, it- I, can actually, I can actually hold my phone like that in my left hand covering the full bottom of the phone and, you know, squeeze it just like some people do. If it, and I can actually see some of the bars go down, but I'll never lose the call. The call never gets dropped. So that, to me, leads me to believe that, yeah, Apple is telling the truth. That's a software issue and not a hardware issue, that it's actually making that happen. But if, I don't really know what they're going to do for a software update for that. I mean, what, are they going to have it display what's not really – going on, or I don't know what they're going to do, because just like I said, other people have reported that they've found out where the placement of the antenna is in other phones, and they've held other phones that way, and they've watched the bars go down. So, I don't understand really how they're going to fix this. I mean, I'm not a freaking antenna, freaking guru to know how they're going to do this, but to me, I don't really see the point of complaining about it, because if you're not dropping calls, what does it matter with that on-screen icon going? No, I, I would agree with that. I, I did hear something about they were going to be uh, putting out holders or something where people could, uh, I guess it would cover that. You wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, something I, I, re- well, I re- actually have, yeah. They actually have cases. They call them bumpers, and they go around the edge of the phone that protect the stainless steel. Yeah. And they actually have a ridge on them, so if you do sit it on the table, it will not actually sit the back of the phone on the table. It's actually still resting on the thing that's wrapped around the sides. Same thing if you place it on the screen. It won't actually touch the screen to the surface, so it will be resting on the rubber grip. But uh, those were 
being sold right when the phone launched before anybody knew about this antenna thing. And they, they sell for like 30 bucks. If you ask me, anybody that buys, I mean, we're all insane to buy cell phone accessories because obviously that's where they're trying to make their money back. When they give you the subsidized price on these phones, they're usually like $600 phones. You're getting like 300 So they're making the money back on freaking accessories. $30 for a piece of rubber to wrap around your phone. $30 to put it in a dock. I mean, some of this stuff for pieces of plastic and rubber, they're charging pretty insane prices for but, yeah, if you ask me, at first, people were actually, when they started reporting that this was going on, people were calling Apple, and Apple was actually giving them bumpers out to people for free, the customer service was. Well, someone got a hold of a letter that Apple sent out to all their uh, tech support people saying, don't offer free bumpers no more. So, yeah, I mean, you have to go pay $30 to get this bumper to freaking, or any other case out there that will actually cover the metal ring to where if you don't want to see that graphic on the screen go down no more. But it seems like most people, when they're asked by AT&T stuff, well, are you experiencing more drop calls? No. no. Every time I hear that, I'm like, well, what the freak's the icon matter? Put staring at it. <laughs> I don't know, man. People are particular about their electronics. That's all there is to it. That is true. Well, I'm, I'm particular about my electronics, too, but, I mean, come on now. Obsessive-compulsive is what I want to call that. <laughs> yeah, some OCD. Oh my gosh, man! My bars are going down. They're not—it's not five bars anymore. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. And they start counting their bars. Where's my other fifth? Where's my fifth bar? Where's my fifth bar? Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, anyone who comes to uh, Casa de la Sexe here with a cell phone, they experience that firsthand in the basement because uh, the bars just go down. Oh, you get no 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 cell reception in this in this basement whatsoever. None. Yeah, cell phones don't like concreted areas. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like a, it's like it's like a parkade. You have no you have no bars whatsoever. Do you play uh, Do you play Xbox Live arcade games occasionally or at all? Uh, I do on occasion. I think the last one I played was uh, Super Street Fighter. Okay, Microsoft actually announced today that they are bringing a new interface to the Xbox Live arcade starting next week, and they're going to call it Destination Arcade where they are going to, let's see, they're going to, one, it's going to be a whole new interface. You're going to have easier ways to navigate and browse through the arcade. You're not going to have this, here, click on F, and then go through this monstrosity list of games or whatever. They're going to let you break it down into categories and things like that uh, starting July 14th of next week. And let's see, here, let me read it. Next week we'll be launching another way uh, to browse our content on Xbox Live Arcade, and we're calling it Destination Arcade. With a growing library of over 250 games, Destination Arcade will allow you to discover new games and content and let you enjoy through an easy user browser interface. You'll have the ability to sort by price, community rating, and more. Also stay up to date on the latest arcade releases through a news feed and also find out what games your friends like and recommend. This, this uh, brand new recommendation engine and visual browser app will be available in the U.S. on July 14th from games from the Games Marketplace section of the dashboard. So pretty much they're actually going to incorporate it right into the dashboard uh, to where I believe it's going to be even less steps to get to it now. It's actually going to be right on the Games section without actually going in and clicking into games. It's just going to be out there by itself. So it'll be right on the dashboard where we can get to it. Now, they say U.S. only, so... Sometimes when they say U.S., when it's Microsoft with Xbox, they include Canada with that. But I'm not sure. You never know. Like I said, you never know. Hmm. 
That's interesting. I, I haven't even played uh, in a while. Like I, I know once they had that Xbox arcade, uh, the arcade room, which was, was kind of cool. I think I picked up a couple of arcade games for that that I was playing there for a while. But I, I play. I think the only I've only picked up like one game for that, or actually two games. Pick up Centipede and uh, the name escapes me now. What's the helicopter game? Uh, I can't think of it right now. But I picked up two games for that. I was actually kind of bummed. I was expecting to be able to like say I wanted to go into your arcade and we were like virtually controlling our avatars and walking around inside the arcade and we walked up to a cabinet together or walked up to separate cabinets or whatever. But it's more like you're in the arcade and you're just moving around from cabinet to cabinet to cabinet and you just randomly see your friends on your friends list avatars just moseying around doing whatever. Uh, Canadian Horseman's asking, is it Choplifter? Choplifter? No. Because, see, I, I wish they would make that game. I thought they were remaking Choplifter a while back. Uh, that was one of the games... It might that, be. That, that was one of the games I remember growing up playing where you controlled this chopper and you would land on different uh, different areas and rescue these hostages. They'd all get inside the... Um, they'd get inside the helicopter... And then you'd have to take them to to safety somewhere, and you'd have to dodge, you know, guns and all kinds of stuff coming at you. I love that game. I, I think they made three or four choplifters, you know, back in the arcade, but uh, I don't know if that's it or not. I don't think that's... Um, oh, man, it's not... This is really going on me. But the thing that really bothers me about the game room is they said, you know, right when they announced that they have... They said, oh, we're going to have content all the way throughout the rest of the year, and we're going to have content all the way into early 2011 because we already have 1,400 games right now ready to go to be put up. And I'm thinking to myself, as they brought up the first few waves of games, and there were some pretty awesome arcade games. I mean, some of the, most of the stuff that from like the Atari that they're bringing out and from the Intellivision, that interfaces that they have, you have to use that Intellivision virtual controller thing on the screen, just makes me not even want to play the game. Yeah. No, I would and agree with that. It just seems like it just seems like they have fourteen hundred games, and now it just was like, well, all these fourteen hundred, how many of them are actually games that people want to play and have heard of? Because some of this stuff, I mean, I was like freaking two when it happened. Oh, I was just saying that. How much of this stuff is actually gonna be stuff that you know people my age? I mean, I'm twenty eight years old, and most of the stuff that they're putting on there, I was like two years old. Oh, was new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I can understand that if you're like 60 right now and you were a gamer back in the day, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. But to <laughs> someone like myself, it's like, where's, I mean, the stuff that I would expect to play is pretty much already remade inside the other Xbox Live Arcade, like the Pac-Mans and things like that have already re been, like, in, already, Jeff Hacker fueled all that stuff. It's already been redone in high-definition graphics and everything. It'd be cool to have that stuff inside of this arcade user interface. But I just don't see it happening because all these other companies, third party, are already redoing the games themselves and making the money without going through this whole arcade system that they have. Right. Now, I would agree with that point. Uh, is there any other news that you have, Charles? News uh, starting next week. Uh, this is probably the last thing I have is uh, starting next week, uh, Microsoft is taking off their Summer of Arcade. Uh, it's an event that they do every year in the month of July that they usually pick like four or five titles and include in their summer of arcade, which are usually going to be big titles that they know are going to sell well and people are really looking forward to. And they're kicking it off next week 
with Limbo. That'll be on July 21st. Uh, July 28th will be the remade Hydro Thunder. People remember that from the arcades and on the Sega Dreamcast. Awesome arcade freaking boat racing game. Uh, also then on August 4th will be Castlevania Harmony of Despair. Another going to be an awesome game. And uh, Monday Night Combat, August 11th. And Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light on August 18th, which is what they're doing now with Tomb Raider. Actually putting in a little, like, uh, episodic-type games. Instead of one big full game, they're doing it on the Xbox Live Arcade. These games are, most of them are going to appear on the PlayStation Network as well. Uh, but Microsoft's kicking off their event starting next week. And all these games that I named off will all retail for 1,200 points, which is $15 U.S. Huh. Now, you know, when, when I think of Monday Night Combat, when I first heard about that, I thought it was going to be a wrestling title. But uh, it looks like Super Smash Brothers, kind of. Yeah. Which looks interesting. I, I wish a game... I mean, I, I've actually pitched this uh, to Brian Williams at, at this was what, SmackDown Virtual 2009 review event down at FCW when they had it down there. I was talking to Brian Williams, and I actually pitched the idea to him you know, I pitch it to him like I want money for this or anything, but just talking over with it and saying, what would you think of this? I think it would be cool if you did this. It would be to make an Xbox Live arcade game for the WWE games, but have it be pretty much take what WrestleFest was with the 2D graphics and the 2D playing field, take that style gameplay and take that game, put it on Xbox Live arcade and PlayStation Network, make it online playable, but with current WWE superstars. Same type of gameplay, even though, I mean, I understand they didn't make the game, but same type of gameplay, same type of game, 2D graphics and all, current superstars, put on Xbox Live for 800 to 1,200 points or whatever, online playable, I think that would be a huge seller. I mean, he pretty much agreed with me, but chances of that happen, who knows? I mean, their arcade game, obviously, now is WWE All-Stars. Yeah, which I, I'm I'm eager to find out how that's going to play. Like You know, you and I talked about this. Uh, last time, I, I cannot wait to see what these characters look like. Oh yeah, I'm, after seeing The Rock and, Stone, and uh, John Cena, I'm really interested to see what uh, certain characters will look like. Like, so, like what, what would Rey Mysterio look like in that game? I mean, this is gonna be the first game where Rey Mysterio can actually look right when he's in the ring with a six foot dude. Because he's what is he gonna be like? Freaking everybody else in the game looks like they're freaking ripped out roided. I mean, I can imagine Rey Mysterio in there. Like I said, people had already ripped out and roided in real life. You know, what are they going to do with them? Like, Ultimate Warrior. Rey Mysterio is going to look like R2-D2. Like, he'll be all bulky. <laughs> he won't be tall. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Dude, that, you know, when you look at Rey Mysterio, he looks like he's on roids anyway. I mean, because he, he used to weigh around the 160 mark, you know? And he's had to beef up. Can too. you imagine... Could you imagine Hornswoggle coming out from underneath the ring in that type of game? <laughs> Dude, he looked like a freaking troll under a bridge coming out from underneath the ring. Wow. He would look like that. Yeah, Hornswoggle reminds me of one of Scott Steiner's bicep muscles. <laughs> That's what he looked like in the game. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I, I hope that they do have the create a wrestler feature. They probably won't, but uh, it just seems like that. That's so. I mean, that's that's the niche now. You have to have a create a wrestler in the game. If you don't, you know, it just it's oh, unheard yeah. of. Yeah, you got to have something in there for the uh, consumer, the 
actual player of the game to be able to express themselves. That's what games are about now is creativity of what kind of tools can you put in your game to give more creativity to the actual end user. And if that's still not there and you expect them to play your game long-term just with the stock stuff that's in the game, I mean, that's already been known to not be a very, very successful title in the long run. That's why you see so many companies out there now. And just with THQ, you see them adding more and more creative content like they did last year and just going to expand on that this year. I mean, if that stuff's not in your game, no matter what genre you're in, you're really going to lose uh, a big part of your audience that really wants that stuff. I mean, that stuff started back in the day where creative, I mean, you're creating stuff and the guys look like freaking shit. But now, I mean, stuff's so freaking real looking and stuff that you can make some pretty, I mean, just look on the internet. People make some pretty awesome creative stuff for games. No, absolutely. So, you know, Bottom line, I hope that that, that that game satisfies the the market, and I hope it's a good arcade game, and I definitely hope that there's created stuff. I'm still looking forward to SmackDown 2011 this year. Can't wait for that to come out. See, I'm glad that they're having two different games, because there still is the... I mean, I love the simulation wrestling game that SmackDown is, with all the options that they have, and they keep adding to it. And, I mean, I'm on the same boat as everybody else where it's like, oh, I wish they had this, I wish they had that, but some people, in my opinion, just go way too far as they're complaining. But I'm glad we got this other type of game that is an arcade, because there is a part of me that wants to play them old arcade-type games that I used to play when I was younger and in my teens, and I'm glad they're actually catering to that part of the audience, and that part of me, that I want to do that as well, so I can have the simulation-based games are going to give me this October, but then early in 2011, I'm going to have this other arcade game that's going to be different. I mean, I don't want... I mean, why make two wrestling games if you're going to choose the same wrestling games? No, I agree. You and I have discussed this before. Uh, you know, we're both on the same mindset that, uh, you know, I like having the Legends of WrestleMania game, but at the same time, I would rather have them involved in a SmackDown simulation game with those characters. True. And one thing that actually got me excited, because they are doing the WWE All-Stars games, and everybody knows they're going to have Legends in that as well. It's going to be like this whole Legends current superstar type thing going on. Is uh, The guy's name escapes me, but one of the game designers for THQ, not Brian Williams, uh, but one of the game designers did an interview at this past E3 and said that they're, he said the largest roster they've ever had in WWE SmackDown covers Raw, over 70 playable characters, and he said Legends. So how many Legends are going to be in there? will remain to be seen, but, I mean, if they got these deals to do Legends in this game, and hopefully they have a lot of the deals that they had when they did Legends of WrestleMania, I still, to this day, want to see the Ultimate Warrior in a simulation wrestling game. Absolutely. I think that was Marcus Stevenson, wasn't it? Marcus. No, it wasn't Marcus Stevenson. How was it? I can't remember his name. He's, I believe he's one of the newer guys as well. I can picture the guy in everything. He has a goatee, he has long hair. Ugh. Hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, he said there was going to be Legends, and he, he kind of paused when he said Legends, like, was I supposed to say that? <laughs> Probably and not. It seemed like he was supposed to let the Legends part out, but he did. So they're going to be there. So hopefully, yeah, with all the deals they got going, they're going to be doing Legends in the All-Stars game. And I would like to see, truthfully, a lot of the Legends that I've seen in Legends of WrestleMania, I would like to see in SmackDown with that type of gameplay as well. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm a huge Yokozuna fan. I would love to see Yoko in a wrestling simulation-based game. Uh, you know, just probably off the top of my head, Yokozuna is the first one that comes to mind. You know, Mr. Perfect is another one. Which, 
Yeah, there's so many awesome uh, old school wrestlers that I would love to see. Like just all the ones that there's obviously more that I would like to see that they didn't have in Legends of WrestleMania. But like a lot of the guys you right there, they're in Legends of WrestleMania, and like, come on, man, put them in SmackDown. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure we won't be seeing Bill Goldberg as a legend. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> seeing as I couldn't come to terms with him. Yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, a crossover. Obviously, I don't see it either for them, because some people have said, well, that's like one of the selling points for you by All-Stars, is to play as the legend wrestlers. And that's what was one of the selling points of Legends of WrestleMania, is to play as the legends in that game. If they put them all in SmackDown, I don't see that, because they're two different styles of games. All-Stars is full, or arcade, full-blown. I mean, nothing in that game really looks real. I mean, whether it comes to the character models or it comes to... Uh, the gameplay itself, everything's over the top. So you've got that gameplay type audience that's going to play that game. Sure, there's a cross there where people that like SmackDown will also like that game and like that style as well, but there's a lot of people that want simulation and simulation only and don't care to play that arcade-style game. And those are the people that were happy when SmackDown went full simulation pretty much away from the arcade. And those people would love to play the Legends as well that love the simulation type style. So I don't really don't think putting the legends and just wanting them or putting more legends and wanting them is going to make that game sell better. I mean, if the person doesn't like that style of gameplay, they're not going to pick that game up, whether it has 15,000 legends in it or not. Right. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I, I want to see some of these guys in a simulation based wrestling game. I do like the arcadey stuff. I'm one of the few people that actually enjoyed legends of WrestleMania, you know, I mean, after a while, I got on my nerves, but I really enjoyed uh, what they did with it. Uh, it. It was almost a throwback to WrestleFest. I loved how you could go back and relive certain moments from WrestleMania's history. Uh, you know, the fact that you know we we got to put Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Figure Four on the on the ring uh, on the ring post was awesome. Uh, you know, just just reliving those moments as certain characters, you know, to me was what made that game. But honestly, had that game been more wrestling simulation based, I would have loved that game. Yeah, I mean, Legends of WrestleMania was cool when it came out. It was different. It was more the some of the button commands and the way the gameplay was was kind of like WrestleFest, just a little bit different when it came to reversals and stuff like that. And to have that roster again, it was awesome. But you can't help but think that man, I would love to see these guys in SmackDown. I would love to have the SmackDown gameplay and have these wrestlers and or in that game. So with SmackDown, I mean, they're saying that, yeah, they're going to have Legends in there. I I don't understand why THQ hasn't really full-blown jumped on the bandwagon of downloadable content. They did it one time and gave you, like, two wrestler packs, and one was a Legends pack, which totally blew my mind that had Legends in it that weren't in their Legends of WrestleMania game. <laughs> I didn't understand that at all. Why Earthquake and the Bushwhackers and the Godfather and Doink and stuff were not in their Legends game, but they're in this DLC pack. But I'm really surprised that all these companies out there are nickel and diamond people over downloadable content, but THQ's not jumping. They, you know, they can really nickel and dime people and make a good profit if all their DLC packs were nothing but Legends. Yeah. So all these Legends is DLC and let people pick and choose who they want in their game. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when that came out, and we had Doink and Earthquake and the Bushwhackers, and I'm like, what the fuck is this doing on SmackDown versus Raw when it should be over here for Legends of WrestleMania? It made absolutely 
no sense whatsoever. Although I was glad to get Earthquake because he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, I was actually back when they were doing that. Charles, are you there? <sighs> Apparently Skype has decided to give the Skypean death drop to Charles Shane. And I have lost Charles Shane. That sucks. Skypean death drop. I got to thank Julian for coining that phrase. And for Josh for bringing it to my attention. So, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to attempt to take phone calls tonight because I think we're just going to have the Skypean death drop all over the place if I do. So with that said, uh, I want to thank Chris Kelly for coming on the show, doing a little bit of wrestling news with me. I want to thank Charles Shane for coming on. I hate that he got cut off like that, but, uh, you know, always a class act. Love to have Charles on the show to talk gaming and technology. So with that said, guys, I think I'm just going to end this damn thing for tonight. And I will catch you guys this Sunday for a special live edition of Sunday Night Showdown where we will be covering uh, TNA's Victory Road pay-per-view. And joining me in the studio this weekend, uh, scheduled, we're going to have Rick Titan, who you might remember as uh, Razor Ramon II back in 1996 when Jim Ross brought out Razor Ramon and Diesel back to the company. Uh, for those of you not in the know, he was there. He went to NWO Japan for a little bit, and he was the former tag team partner of Mike Awesome. So a lot of stories I'm sure that Rick will tell us about his time in Japan, uh, his time in the WWE. So definitely tune in this Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for coverage of TNA's Victory Road pay-per-view on behalf of uh, again Charles Shane and Chris Kelly I am JJ Sexay and you have just been unplugged as for me I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak after that I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat I'm going to Hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same. Even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. You gotta live life. Huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. Is that Baxter? Baxter! Oh, oh, that's not Baxter. Oh, sweet Jack Lord's hair! That's a mastiff! Well, I have to remember to close the front door when I bathe. Oh, that definitely is a mastiff! Oh! Lord, damn it, help me! It's a monster! Oh, get down from me! Oh, thank you for listening to my album! Come on, help me! Get this bastard off me! Oh, my God! Help me! So powerful! Ah, so strong! The jaws are strong! They're really strong! Oh! It's a beautiful creature, even though it's ripping into my flesh! Albe! Paul! Paul! Get one of my golf clubs! Start beating it over the head! Help me! I'm losing consciousness! Someone help me! Oh, man!